Dexter thought it would be really cool to order some tasty cakes online. I forget who he said loves it. I don't remember. It's Bon Jovi or somebody from the. They're kind of good. Maybe Adam Sandler, someone really likes tasted cakes. It's someone from New Jersey. So does that mean it could be Bruce Springsteen? Is he from New Jersey? He's from New Jersey, right? It, he is. What was it, East Street Band or? Oh, yes, I don't know what that means though. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I act like I knew what that, yeah, the East Street Band, like, <laughs> like I know that, I know about East Street, like, I don't. Before we begin, a bit of warning. There's some curse words used, one in particular, over the course of this conversation. They're said a few times and with great emotion. We've come across this word in past episodes too, but it's been edited out before sharing anything with you. For this episode, though, they're staying in. Because, you know, 2020. Did you see Maureen's new article? I didn't. I mean, I saw you give it to me. I just didn't have a chance to look at it. Hey, sir, could you please get your knee off my neck? I guess we could even talk about it. I'm just uh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm not, you, you, I feel like uh, I just haven't settled yet. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I've got like a stew that I'm cooking, but it just needs time to simmer and settle. That's how yeah. my mind feels about where we're at i mean when we're talking really Mm -hmm. you know i really don't have a thought i mean i i've been struggling with that over the last several weeks and i really don't have i really don't know what i'm gonna say or where i'm at on certain things i think i'm Mm -hmm. I'm angry but i'm not used to actually using anger anymore it's not like i'm a child you know you know what i'm saying I, i don't know how I don't know how I don't you don't hit things as an adult as a 50 year old you don't hit things you don't right. you know yes you cry but that's hurt but there's a little bit of hurt so that's easy to do as an adult yeah. man that's easy to do as an adult a black man in the comfort of your home you can cry but being mad at the situation I mean I like you can't really you gotta be careful I don't think I'm allowed to get mad. I'm not allowed to show anger. That's some of the idea that was in Maureen's article. Not that, not not exactly, but it's one of the chapters in, in her book as well. And it, the chapter in her book is called Say It Ain't So and Other Race Card Games. And we started talking about it a little bit last week too, when we were talking about who decides who's polite and they, you know, really, she's just pointing out how ridiculous the idea is, and it, uh, that we should be saying to protesters, "Hey, could, do you mind um, being a little bit more polite with how you ask us for things?" And and you know, and that fits with looking at how power plays out in our 
society, who gets to say the right way to protest and who gets to say what's asking nicely and the different ways that we, through our denial slash resistance slash complete ignorance, get in the way of progress as white people specifically. I'm amazed at who can tell me what's racist and what isn't. I'm just, I'm just so amazed at the audacity. I mean, really, I really want to hit these people sometimes. I mean, I really want to just beat them up. Is that happening right now? Oh, I'll give you one. Okay, here's an example. Let me give you an example. I mean, we're just talking about stuff on, on Facebook. You know, this is another real estate agent in. Oh, it's, we we talked about her. Is there no, another? A, this is a he. This is a he. Oh my God, I was hoping there was just that one. No, no, oh God, no, no, no. The real estate industry is full of racists. You know, for over 27 years, I was the only African-American real estate agent for years. Now I've got one and somebody else has another and we try to recruit, but it's still hard. It's hard to even, once you recruit somebody, it's even hard to actually uh, get them to a point where they can sustain themselves, you know? Okay, I love this one. Okay, share. From, from share. my friend. I wonder why this issue of racial inequality wasn't fixed when we had a black president in office for eight years. And you know, and I should just leave shit alone. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, you know, like I said, like I was really upset at Surge when I heard about it early on. I was like, a group, a, a white group, basically whites only that talk about being racist like, hey, remember I called him a white, a woke KKK is what I called him. Yes. But now I kind of understand a lot of things that I've said in the past. Come around I, on that. I've come around on that. Yeah, I think white people maybe need a chance to <laughs> to, to teach each other, you know, because uh, I'm tired of, I, I don't have the energy. I Just my everyday life that I'm living is enough of a struggle. And I, you know, and I, I, I don't have time to, to, to babysit folks. But yeah. anyway, I wonder why this issue of racial inequality wasn't fixed when we had a black president in office for eight years. So my dumb ass pops up and says, it's not something that can be fixed in eight years. Racial inequality has been going on since the country brought us over. <laughs> Meaning yeah. black people. It's going to take several more generations to fix institutional racism mm -hmm. institutionalized race whatever he says which institutions are inherently racist really ask me that question yes order uh, of or alphabetical yeah you know sometimes the, the question is just so bold i just i mean just so vast i don't even i don't i like i don't have time for it but his other friend pops up and says please tell us what institutional racism you refer to it, he had a buddy Oh, there's plenty of them. Oh, is there actually legislation still on the books anywhere in the USA that somehow has been overlooked that still denies anyone of their rights based on race? If so, I'd love to see this legislation and then, and only then, will your argument hold water. I'll wait. Fuck. Right? Yeah, I, I gotta tell you that my stomach is in like a big swirl of anger right now though even though we're laughing well, all you can do is laugh 
the absurdity of of it all it's uh it's very very sad and it makes you it does it makes you angry amy but you you can do more than i can do i know i know and now i'm feeling like what do you mean I don't know. I'm saying you, you, it's okay for you to just, you can jump up. No, it's not. Actually, it's not okay for you as a woman, as an adult, to jump up and down and say enough is enough. You, you'll look like you're crazy too. They will. They do tend to ask if you're at that time of the month. Yeah. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? Well, not me. I don't have a uterus. No, but you understand. Okay, I hope we're going to keep that because that's pretty funny. Um <laughs> But you are, yeah, I mean, but yes, you're right. I, it's not, we're all suffering and trying well, to be calm and polite. It's different though. I mean, it, it, I'm not at risk of, of being killed when I have a temper tantrum. I'm at risk of being discounted, which sucks, but it's not fatal. Well, I mean, I mean, being black is discounted. That's why black lives matter. You know what I'm saying? That's, I think that's the whole thing. Like, hey, damn it, stop discounting our lives. They matter. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you another one that I love that's been going around. This is great. I love this one. And By great, it, you mean awful, right? Yeah, this is... Oh, here it is. Oh, have you ever noticed... Look at this. I'll even give you the picture. And, and they keep changing the picture, so it doesn't matter, but it's the same language. Have you ever noticed the police leave you alone if you aren't doing anything illegal? That's the one that I keep getting the most. So I've probably seen that a hundred times. Where, who are your Facebook friends? They're everywhere. They're, they're, they're from all over Indiana. They're all from all over Kentucky. They're from, I don't know, man. I don't know. They're everywhere. I said, that would be amazing if it were true, but that hasn't been the case in my world. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so in the in the one you started with did your your friends came up in that one right tell me that that you had people that were like hey real estate agents in bloomington indiana please let me explain to you why you're being a racist troll uh, i've seen more and more of that happening from unexpected folks which is good I like that. But then again, I've seen thumbs up and things from other people that I didn't expect. And I'm sitting there going, what? You believe this? Or the ones where they're, they're going to go ahead and tell you all the bad things that the guy that got killed at Burger King. That's another one that went out today. There's a list of his transgressions, his past transgressions so that we will all understand that maybe he deserved what he got. Same with George. You get those two where they make a list of everything that he had done in his past and why it was, you know, why it was okay for him to get a knee put into the back of his neck. Right, and you know, if we were in a country where we had a, a coded justice system where we all voted our representatives voted to say that an appropriate punishment for falling asleep drunk in your car is being shot like 
people like that will be shot. People who speed or do a traffic violation will be thrown around. That's part of the deal. Like we, we expect that as part of our justice system or shot. We'd be like writing about this horrible country that does these things and putting little free, free the United States bumper stickers on our cars. Yeah, I mean, even the police force, when we see all this stuff, where it looks like Egypt, it looks like uh, China, it looks like all the countries, we would say, oh my God, can you believe they're doing this to these people? I think it looks worse than a lot of them. Well, it is. Well, I'll tell you what makes it get, I don't know why it gets me every time. I Usually things that have to do with women, black women, and when I see that, for some reason, I just, I cannot stop crying. When I see a video, it, it, there's a trigger there for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's an emasculation type thing for me where it's like, oh my God, we can't even protect our women. The last one I saw was, who was the gentleman who, who got shot? His wife was next door to him. They had a ba- they had a child in back, huh? That's Gregor oh. Castile in, in Minnesota. Yes, that was God, Castile. Yeah, yeah, Castile. Yeah, man. Well, there was new video out. I don't know if you saw it, where the, the little girl and the mother are in the back of the police car, and the little four year old girl. The, the the mom is cursing. She's like so mad. And the little girl, she's four years old. She puts her hands on both sides of the mom. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> and um, and she's telling her mom, hey, you know, um, uh, don't stop cursing, you know, because I don't want them to come in and, and shoot you too. You know, I want, you know, mom, you know, be quiet because, you know, and, uh, and the mom was like, oh, you know, she realized that, I think she realized like her baby is actually trying to, her four-year-old child is trying to comfort her. And she realized she had to snap out of her fear because she needed to protect her. Yeah. And so they started praying. She's like, okay, like, so let's pray that he's going to be okay. They don't know he's dead yet, but let's pray that he's going to be okay and he'll, he'll come back to us. And they sit there and they pray. and. It's just so, it's so heart-wrenching, man. Yeah. I just, I mean, it didn't have to happen. No. So, I don't know, guys. I'm just, I'm tired, you know? Yeah. It's exhausting. And I've been thinking and reading a lot about, you know, white people waking up to this and like the different layers of processing that they're doing and of emoting that they're doing. And there's this part in Maureen's book where she talks about your model me and your not me. I can't remember because she, at one point I heard her call it a not me, but I don't think that's what she calls it in the book. But then she calls it the utterly other is like the worst. And and she describes this as how you connect with other people and how you 
avoid dealing with some of your own shit because it's too painful. And so I think white people are doing this thing where they're like, uh, racism is, is not me. So when they see it, they have to like extra prove that it's not them. And the reality is it is like, it's all of us. It's built in. It's built I mean, it in. really is. It's built in. I went back and watched that clip from our show. It's like our second show. I think when I was talking about the MSNBC commentator on the shootings, in Ohio and Texas and he was basically saying he said everybody likes to blame Trump but you can't because this is us this is who we yeah. are if it's not me or if it's the utterly other then we do like all kinds of gymnastics because it's so yucky to know that we have to integrate that part of ourselves and we have just skated for centuries now and not looked at it and so what I've, what I've read is about like people of color having to comfort their white friends who are like, oh my God, racism, it's awful. And it, it, yeah, but we sat for a really long time in, in complete inaction or in like, maybe not inaction, but like repeat action where we do the same reforms every 20 years, but they don't make meaningful change. Yeah, and unfortunately, it, it doesn't really matter which party is in office. It does. It does. I take that back. It does. Uh, the Republicans seem to go back. <laughs> and yeah. the Democrats seem to want to hold steady. Yeah, with the threat of, hey, you don't want it to go back. Never the real opportunity to go forward, but just saying we don't want to go back yeah and that's not good enough yeah you don't want to go back well okay but we want to go forward and 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 you know and i think obama gets some he gets a lot of flack for not pushing the narrative further but people don't understand as the first african-american president it was really his job to just be the first African-American president, not to be the last, not to be a footnote in history. He had to come across as the president of all, and he just so happens to be black. So he tried, yeah. when he did try things, he tried things that were going to help the African-American community but also help others. That's what healthcare is about. You gotta find something that everybody can agree on that is going to help everybody. Ruth Ginsburg, people should read more about her. She was very oh, good, yeah. very good at finding those things, those fringe things that if everybody could agree on, then the rest of the cards would follow. You know, the, oh. the, the deck of, you know. Yeah, and actually if you wanna get into stuff like that, the. Mrs. America on Hulu yeah. is a drama based on Phyllis Schlafly. Mm -hmm. And like, all I knew about her was that they made me read some of her stuff in social work school as an example of gross. And I didn't really, like, I was like, wow, she, I, I would go read her stuff because I was fascinated by how awful she was, the, the ideas <laughs> were. But one of the things that they've talked about in this series has been how both the liberal women and the conservative women let down black people while they mm. were doing it. And that's 
the conservative group started off being really vocal about like the, the northerners doing this group um, mm -hmm. talked a lot about not wanting um, they, they organized with some of the southern states and the southern states brought like their clan husbands to the events oh, wow. okay. and so the northerners were very offended by this because really it's tacky and um, they- <laughs> That's the only reason, because it's yeah. tacky, I love it. <laughs> but so they have this whole conversation, this very earnest conversation about how we can't have that. Like we have to, we really have to say, we are not okay with that. We just, you know, want to make sure women can stay home with their babies. We don't want to be racist about it. They're trying to get Reagan on the ticket against Carter in the 76, 76. And, um, and it looks like they're talking about Reagan like we talked about Trump. You know, they're like, no one's gonna put Reagan on. He's this crazy conservative. Like we'd have to get the really crazy conservatives in order to, in order to get him on the ticket. And Phyllis Schlafly like has this inspiration that they have to be with the Southern people to do it. And some of the other people on her committee are like, um, can we tell him not to bring the Klan? And she's like, sure. And then you can tell that that's not what's going to happen. And then she makes the phone call when she's alone to the Southern woman who is super creepy. What was her name? Lottie Hope. I hate people. Or something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And she uses, they use coded language. You know, Phyllis Schlafly like, we don't want any. And then she can't say it because we can't actually name racism they, they wanted to have a press release saying that they would not tolerate participation by racist groups and then phyllis schlafly like tossed that aside before the phone call even happened but then she says instead of saying you can't have these people at the rallies she says no one is allowed to put a sign saying who they are on their buses and oh, lottie's like okay. but we still really want our racists there and she's like well okay just don't put a sign wow. and and you can see like that she feels sort of gross about it, which she should, but, and, and, and watching that and just seeing like what a strategic genius move it was and how it fucked over decades more of people. And, and meanwhile, you know, there's, a, there's an episode about um, Shirley Chisholm where they sort of toss her aside at the convention instead of standing by her so that she has enough votes to really make a difference in the platform because the Southern Democrats are too wow. picky feeling about it. Basically racism ba is baked in, you know, it's baked into the system. It yeah. really is. What's interesting to me was watching how the, it was like a decrescendo of conversation about race. It's like at the beginning, they're talking explicitly about the Klan coming to these events and then not wanting the Klan to come but in order to make nice, they have this gradual decrescendo where they just sort of little by little fade out. They don't fade out racism, they fade out conversation about racism. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, I think that's a big piece of, you know, white people now. Did you see the, the video from Hollywood no. on the NAACP? Not yet, no, I'm sorry. All the actors saying, from now on, no more racism. They're taking responsibility. Oh, shit. And, and I, it hurts me because there's some actors in there that I love fiercely, and I don't feel good making fun of them. I feel it's okay to make fun of some of the others, but 
it's just this rotation of famous Hollywood people saying, I take responsibility. I will not let racist jokes go by. I will not let someone not get hired. I will not let, and they're naming all this stuff, but it's 2020. And like, this is when we're taking the pledge to not say racist jokes like now. And so like on the one hand, you're like, oh, good. They're going to take a pledge. But on the other hand, it seems like a pledge that really should have happened a couple centuries ago. I mean, God, I, I hope, I hope that this is a movement and not a trend. I hope that this just isn't pumpkin spice season. I mean, I just, I just, I hope that it's not, you understand what I'm saying? I hope that this isn't just the next thing to do for now. I hope people are in it for the long haul. Kind of, you know, same damn thing about the, the, the bear cat and the farmer's market crap. I hope all this pain is worth it. I hope when we open things up, it's for, it's, it's for, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like Trump is a blessing. Trump was a blessing. Having Trump in office allowed people to be authentic and say who they are. And therefore, it allowed us to see what kind of country we really live in. Some of us are, are sad about it, but others are like, yeah, I'm glad we're like this. It's a battle. It's going to be a battle on who we're going to become. If this is real, then this becomes a battle for the heart of who we are. That's going to last for generations. This is not something that should be able to be fixed and put back in a box because, uh, because the Democrats win the, the election. Mm-mm. No. And we have to keep talking and keep being present. And I keep trying to think, how can I act more? Like, I, I want to... Well, shit, it's, it's acting locally first. I mean, if I, we look at the entire country, it's so vast. If we look at all of Indiana, it, is, it seems so large. We can't fix it. But you know what? We can try to fix Bloomington, Indiana. And that's why you have people fighting to get the Nazis out of the damn farmer's market. That's why you have people fighting for the damn bear cat, whether or not they like it or dislike it or what image it portrays. And, and you know what, who am I to say, it doesn't bug me, but it bugs some people. And I'm glad that they're talking about it. I'm glad that they're trying to push to have these things removed. Yeah. And I think we have to start listening to people who are hurting. Even if it's not hurting us, we have to start listening to people who are hurting. Yeah. And so we can we can handle that locally. We can start locally and like we've talked before about Bloomington Bloomington what we do here matters. What we do has a global reach and effect. I really do believe that. And the reality is it's what we can do. It is what we can do. I've been thinking a lot about how much I have changed through our conversations and how, how much I've been able to see things that I didn't see before. And it's not, 
necessarily that I didn't have an intellectual understanding of these things before. I had like an intellectual understanding of the right thing to say a lot, some of the time. I won't say all of the time. And, and I knew that I needed to shut up and listen. Like I already was there. But from our conversations, it's moved into my whole being more. So I, I see more, I don't know, in, in RCT, they talk a, a lot about feeling thoughts and I've, mm -hmm. it's gone from like a thought to a feeling to a feeling thought. With a feeling thought, you can take action. You can do that all together. With the thought, you're caught up in like arguing and intellectual debate and what do you call it? Slam dunk, mm -hmm. mic drop. And, and when you're like overly in the feelings, then you're like, it's white fragility in great display of, oh, I'm so upset. I'm, you know, either it's, I'm so upset that you would think I'm racist or I'm so upset that I am racist, but it's still a lot of white emoting and not a lot of action. And then when you can put those thoughts and feelings online at the same time, you can get some change I think, I think we've that's something we do together like in our conversations a lot of stuff that we've been talking about when we were talking about them we weren't dealing with the bigness of what we were talking about we were talking about feelings but not really into the feelings like now a lot of people are not talking like we are talking Let's just be honest, a lot of people don't have the dynamics that we do either. A lot of folks don't, you know, they didn't have a black friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or a white friend for that what that matter, you know? And then for us to stay in the same town and to grow yeah. up here and be able to share how we grew up in the same yeah. town, but differently. That's an interesting yeah. dynamic. But hopefully a lot of other people start talking this way. They know, they realize that we can be honest with each other and disagree sometimes, but still be friends. I don't, we don't yeah, disagree with that often though, do we? <laughs> no, no, I, but I think part of that is because there are issues that I think you and I would disagree on, but I think our conversations aren't really about whether or not we agree on issues, but they're about caring about each other and mm -hmm. how we coexist in this community. I, like the first time I did this with you, I remember thinking, whoa, I had spent the morning like thinking a lot about being authentic and curious and being willing to be wrong in a conversation. And you and I were talking and I thought, oh, I'm going to say this thing. And I think it might it might be wrong and it might be that I'm, that I don't understand the situation the right way. And that it's maybe even offensive that I'm going to ask this, but I, but we, I did, we wound up talking for like an hour and I totally saw it differently by the end of it. But it was, it was like, I think for these conversations to work, you have to be willing to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And when you leave a Facebook comment that says something like, give me a list, I'll wait. You're not willing to be wrong. You don't anticipate a list coming back that makes any sense to you. You're just going to smack it back down anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'll say my piece on something, some things. It's funny. People on the internet, they feel like you responding back is some kind of job. Like you have to respond back to them. Like, aren't you yeah. going to say anything? I know. 
I don't owe you an explanation. I said what I said. Yeah. Aren't you going to explain what you said? No. No, I got other things to do. I got to go. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> no, I don't owe you. An, I, I'll tell you how I feel, and I don't owe you an explanation, it, especially when you really don't want to hear the truth. When you're not listening anyway. You're not listening. I don't have that luxury. I don't have that luxury to just disagree with people. Um, for me to survive in this world that does not really belong to me, in this country that really doesn't belong to me, I have to have some kind of em empathy. I have to try to understand where someone else is coming from and not just hate them for the stupid shit that they say. Yeah, I'm having a hard time letting go of the people on your Facebook page right now because I'm like... No, I mean, the fact that they would actually post still, this crap is face. just yeah. like, and, and expect people to believe in it. And also believe that their Christian heritage or their Christian belief is tied to their, to their backwards beliefs. That's the weird thing about it, how much it's been hijacked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian man. My dad was a police officer. My grandparents served in all the, the armed forces. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, you know, that narrative that when I say something like I, that, that I believe that someone should kneel down, and, you know, take a knee, uh, and then you're going to question my patriotism <laughs> or whether or not I believe blue lives matter. Do you think when they when you pop up on their page, they're like, oh, I forgot I knew a black person. Exactly. They do. They're embarrassed. They're embarrassed. Yeah, I had a lady I was in choir with for years. And she said something stupid like that, something stupid. And then I said how I felt. And she said, I don't understand why he thinks that. You know, his dad was a police officer. What? I said what I said because I know what my dad experienced as a police officer. I know how racist police can be. Doesn't make them all, but my uncles, you know, my unofficial uncles are, are police officers. Yeah. You know, these are people I love. I, I wanted to be, if I love to ride in the car with my dad mm -hmm. and turn yeah. on the siren, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I love that. So I, I was so proud to be uh, the kid of a police officer. And still yeah. am, but uh, doesn't mean that bad things don't happen, you know, and that they're not bad guys that have the legal right to kill you. They do. It's just, Amy, this is rough. It is, and I'm sorry. I wish I had some better ideas of things that I could do just to make Unfortunately, I think for us to get better, we have, this all has to happen and it has to play out. It's going to be hurtful. It is. You know, it's going smoothly right now. It kind of is, you know, but what happens when everyone gets tired and football season gets to start up again and you know, and, and we have uh, we have Democrats in the Senate and the Congress, and we have a Democratic president, and racism's over. Racism's over. We've got oh my God, we've got a black 
vice president, a woman president. black vice president. And okay. all of a sudden it's going to be a hallelujah moment, but it's not. One black person cannot change the entire system. Because we still have the systems. We still have the system in place. You have to play within the system or completely break it down, which is what probably needs to happen. One of the many stories that crossed my eyes today was a black man who had done a, like a, a bias training, I think, for a police department and had then gotten arrested by them. Yeah, I saw that. God. I don't know if we talked about this, but I, uh, you know, teachers that most of my fellow students loved. Yeah. I can tell you horrible stories. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Not horrible, not like, oh, like traumatic stories that just were, I'll tell you something, a teacher that both me and you have, my little sister was telling me about this guy that, um, I mean, it's a little, it's embarrassing because it, it you know, my parents were struggling, but they were paying, they were actually paying for my grandmother for her living expenses in Indy while also taking care of us and I'm in school, I'm in college. So they're paying for me to go to a private out of state school. And my sister comes into the room and he says to her, Hey, in front of everybody, Hey, Griffin, you need to get a check for the trip. We need a $50 check for the trip. And, and she says, I, but I gave you one. I gave you one like last week. What are you talking about? He says, that was like a big basketball. And she is like, what? Right? They're all sitting down. And he's like, it was like a big basketball. And she's like, I don't understand. He, he, he says, it bounced. It bounced like a basketball. And the whole band just laughs they think it's so funny oh that's awful i have lost all respect for that man i'm so sorry no it's not your fault but things well, like that it's not my fault but because we can't talk about it i don't know and and it makes me think of how many times you go through regular conversations where you just like make some friendly half-assed funny comment so that people aren't going to push on some particular issue and you're not going to have to necessarily do something you don't want to do well so amy I, I you know if i were if i was to be honest about why was i driven to succeed it it was based on telling people Fuck you. Telling the, the, the teachers that I had that did not believe that I would ever do well. That's what drove me probably until I had like this moment, this Makuta Matata moment or whatever you want to call it, where I just, 
I, I realized that no matter how successful I was, I wasn't happy. And so I had to start searching for like, I started helping people, helping people became my thing. You know what I mean? And it made me happy and dealing with people that, that I like and helping people that I like that became once I changed the way I did business, then my life actually changed. My success wasn't bait based on hatred of other people. What? When you could let go, of the, let go of that. Let, let go of the anger. And so now, now that I'm angry again, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with yeah. it. That's the problem. I don't know what to do with it. I mean, I used to like in business, they would, do something that was underhanded to me, I would say, okay, you know what? I'm going to get that guy back. I'm going to hit him. I'm going to hit him where it hurts. I'm going to steal his list. I'm going to get his listings. I'm going to make sure he hurts. I'm going to take his money away. Yeah. And it, I mean, boy, it was honestly pretty effective. That's probably why, I, <laughs> why, why I, I have the license to be nice now because people know that I can be mean, yeah. but, uh, but I, with this, you know, I, I, I'm taken aback. I'm yeah. trying to be, stay positive. I love talking to you. I'm trying to still try to be that bridge, but there's just, you, what? Well, I what think a say? lot about this idea that we lean on black people to explain shit to us so that we can understand where we went wrong. And I don't know that that's absolutely necessary because I can, there's enough out there that I can look at it to see where I went. You Long. can, you can, but you know what? This show isn't about, it's not necessarily about it's us not, anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about us anymore. It, it yeah. is because it, we get a lot from it, but I think we also want other people to do this. We want yeah. them to put in the hard work to get to know each other, just like we're doing. So I want to share two things. Okay. One is that in reference to you being angry again and and that being difficult is that i find it useful to imagine life and our development as a spiral an upward spiral and so that means you hit a lot of times you hit you think you've managed this one issue and you've taken care of it and then suddenly you're hitting it again but you're hitting it with a new level of understanding like you're not Don 10 years ago it sucks it, there's nothing good about it but but it's not backward for you at least this chapter in the when getting along is not enough reconstructing race in our lives and relationships and and we'll put a link to her article in the liner notes one of the roles that she describes is the say it ain't so person or that when I read it I'm like Puh. I don't do that. Like all the things I can read her book and be like, like break my arms, trying to pat my own back. And the story that you told just before this is really, it's about someone having all the explanations for something that you have and being like, Oh no, like that policeman wasn't being racist. He was just scared or, you know, that's just his personality and how obnoxious he is. And I'm, I'm working really hard. Like, this is a really valuable lesson for me to shut up and listen. And 
I realized that by naming it, I'm not necessarily shutting up and listening, but I think it's useful. Like I'm watching this internal struggle and I want other people to try that to, when someone tells you a story to be like, yeah, I'm, I don't have an alternate explanation because it doesn't matter. And I hated to tell you that story. Yeah. Because, you, you, know why, you know why I hate to tell you that story? He was my hero. Yeah. In a lot of ways. He was my favorite, one of my favorite teachers. Yeah. But after she said that, it made me go back and think of it. We had a long conversation and I was able to pick things like, oh my God, do you remember this? Mm -hmm. And I just laughed it off. I just, I just laughed it off, but it was really, he didn't have my back. Like I, yeah. thought he did. And I guess part of the reason that I'm naming this is because I can think of a couple people that may hear this and will be, will do the say it, say it isn't so thing. I want to ask these people to just sit with it. Yeah. And I would, honestly, I wouldn't have shared that if I didn't want them to hear that. So there it is. Man, we laughed and cried and laughed and cried and laughed and cried in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. It's a, oh it's a roller coaster ride. Uh, all right. Oh my gosh. What? Who are we? Why are we here? What? Who are we and why are we here? I'm like, is that a thing? What are you talking about? <laughs> What is our what is our podcast called, woman? <laughs> and who are you and who am I? Uh, I am Amy McKees, and I'm here welcoming you to at the very end of My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. And I'm here with Don Griffin Jr. <laughs> there we go we mixed it up a little bit just for yeah but it's fine it's fine i guess i'm a little reluctant to point this out what did i do it wrong um you didn't talk about farmer's market <laughs> it's the third week in a row we were like totally gonna talk about farmer's market we didn't talk about farmer's market <laughs> shit next time we'll do it next time That's oh cool. it's kind of important <laughs> We'll, we'll get back to our farmer's market. Yeah, later. Yeah. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, took place at separate locations in Indiana on Tuesday, June 16th, 2020 and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend. I thought I could curse because this isn't the radio. <laughs> Kevin goes in and bleeps us. You know what? The, honestly, 2020... For, it's the you, you can just say fuck. You can say fuck because that's just, you know, the absurdity of life 
requires that that curse words just be normal words for now on. <laughs> I our first they might as well they that should be that should be on our first grader spelling test. 